Hello, and welcome to episode 17 of Why. I'm your host, Axel Ryan, and today I am with one of my mentors. She is a clinical social worker for young teens. Please welcome Janice Hashkins. First off, thank you so much, Ms. Hashkins, for coming on to the show. How you been doing? I've been doing okay. Um, you know, it's been an interesting summer with prep and even just like being back in person and just adjusting to seeing students and all that. It's been pretty cool. Yeah. I've been- yeah. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I know from my experience of prep, even though we were able to have a pretty normal first half and then the second half right into online learning, I can only imagine how it is for the other contingents. Right, because now it's the flip. Everything was virtual and now everything is in person. So it's a totally different experience. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And just to start things off, like, can you introduce yourselves a little bit to the audience and tell them a little bit about your own story? Sure. So I am, I'll give my full name. I'm Jenny Saskins. I am, I work with Prep for Prep. Also, I'm a school social worker, um, a licensed clinical social worker. Um, I've been doing this across the board for over 10 years now, um, just as a social worker, um, working with young people in various settings, foster care, therapy, school setting, and things like that. So um, yeah, I'm excited about this conversation and where we can go with it. Yeah, exactly. And I remember some of the conversations we had in psychology class. And I remember how in order for you and Ms. Taylor to prepare us for boarding school, you kind of talked about making friendships and what should we be looking out for. And I really found that helpful. And as I was doing a little research before this whole interview, I kind of realized and I even connected it to what I remember from my past. Like there's a bunch of these common standards for friendship and um, something people should look for a friend, like being supportive, making you feel good, et cetera, that are um, necessary in order to have a good friendship. But I kind of realized that after having so many friends come and go elementary school, even pre-K, that there's a lot of points where I reach a social dilemma and I kind of wonder why is it so hard to uphold all these standards in being a good friend? Right. So, yeah, it's it's interesting because it's like I feel like a lot of that just it happens throughout life. Like even from like when you're engaging with little people in pre-K to adulthood, being able to maintain friendships and maintain a standard of positive friendships can be, it can be difficult. It's funny, like literally right before this call and I'm, this was not planned. I think this, <laughs> it feels like very much the universe. So uh, um, account I follow on Instagram was talking about, um, um, the person's name, I think it's my leak. So the, they were, it was like a question answer thing. And if someone asked a question about broke friends 
and I want to go out with my broke friends, but they can't afford this, that, and the third. And so the person responded like, why would you refer to your friends as broke? And then it kind of like spiraled off a conversation about how you label your friends is how their, your mindset is about those particular people. And like, how you value if you value money or if you value this particular characteristic of this friend is that really your friend in the first place like if you label a person as broke or lazy or this or that are you really trying to encourage them to be better like what what is your what is your viewpoint of that person in the first place um so I think like people's perception of friendships and what they mean and what they stand for it also makes it hard when you have like a genuine want and desire to kind of maintain friendship the other person may not view friendship the same way as you if that makes sense yeah exactly and with what you said about people in a sense labeling their friends and in your case with that instagram post like a broke friend it kind of reminds me of the term money but um buys um money doesn't buy you happiness and i think that's also one thing i found a big conversation about because at the same time you would say oh no in very cliche way that money doesn't buy you happiness but then at the same time you need money to pay for a house and stuff so I guess um what's your opinion about that and to what extent um can money may buy or may not buy you happiness? Well, I think I mean to a degree money money provides comfort. Um money can provide comfort to a for in some sense, right? Um there are people that are homeless. Though there are people that are homeless that are happy, but that might be due to other factors, but you want to be comfortable. You want to have a house. You want to have a nice MacBook. You want to have the ability to do your podcast. You want to have particular things. Those things require money. So money does provide it in a way, but it shouldn't be the only the only thing that provides you happiness. So yeah, it, it's a, there is a factor to a degree. But there has to be other things in your life that provide you happiness. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And um, when I was like hanging out with some of my friends over the summer, I remember I had a conversation with one of them and he gave me a device that like, oh, when you're at Hotchkiss, don't try to burn bridges. Because at the end of the day, it's such a a prestigious school that it's highly likely that everybody will become successful one day. Mm -hmm. So it's like just in case and then you could learn off of them and stuff and i was thinking like huh that's a that's a really um good way a interesting way to think about it and i'm kind of curious like in a sense of like burning bridges or like keeping contact with friends from high school or even all the way back to elementary and middle school like not not just only thinking about like taking a like learning from them just in case they become rich, but just like in the sense of keeping old friendships, like how do you feel like people should go um, on about that and deal with it? Um, I think that keeping up with like friends from the past is a good thing, but there's also like, you also have to think about like life circumstances. So like for me in particular, like there are people that I was pretty close with in high school. We're still cool, but 
I may not call them. We not, we don't have the same relationship we had in high school, but that's not because that's not for lack of us not being connected to each other or having caring about each other. It's we're in different points in our life. So it, that the same can go for you may have these friends and Hoshkis and you guys will graduate and go to college and go your separate ways. There's ways of keeping in touch, especially with social media, but there's no, there's no, there's no guarantee that five years from now, when you have a conversation with that person, you're going to have the same connection that you did now. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. People grow and people change and interests change and desires change. Um, keeping in contact with people is cool, but the connections may not be the same just because of where you are in life. So, yeah. Yeah. Always, that's always something to think about. Exactly. And just to follow that up um, with how you talk about change, how do you feel like you change in the terms of your perspective of friendship? And how do you feel like you deal with your friendships now compared to back you were in high, when you were in high school? Hmm. Yeah, I definitely, I know for sure that um, I'm, <laughs> I'm such a different, I, I think I value, well, not even value, like the, the way I engage with people back in the day is definitely different now. Um, one thing I always used to worry about was like, I didn't have a friend from when I was two years old and, and I always thought that that was an issue. But as I've gotten older, I realized that your friendships dictate kind of where you are in life. And there are friends that I've had since college. And those are those are people that I grew up with during that time. And I still have love for. We reach out all the time. We stay connected. When I started working, there are friends I made in a particular work environment and we're we're always connected by work but we stay in touch and we stay connected again social media i think is something that definitely has helped my generation in particular with facebook because i know facebook is you know for old people for you guys but facebook and like instagram and all of that keeps us connected and keeps us seeing each other and in a way where generations before us did not have like letter writing. Who's writing a letter? I'm not writing a letter, but yeah. you know, Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat, like though that keeps us all connected, but there are particular friendships now that I may speak to someone. I have a group chat with a couple of my friends. We talk every day. Then there's other friends that I have a group chat with. We talk like maybe once a week. So it's just all in, we're able to maintain these things, these connections a lot better because of social media and stuff like that. So I think that I'm able to maintain my relationships better because we're able to stay connected through texting and things like that. Something I wasn't able to do when I was younger, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And with social media, it's impacted, like how you say, how so many people interact with each other. And I think especially just talking about my generation, I think there's also this kind of stigma where people um, now you could also just gain friends from like random people through social media, especially I know for me, um, Snapchat came in really helpful to some extent, um, before I came into Hotchkiss because we were just making group chats. And then even though I'm not friends with all those people in, in those group chats before, and obviously like all group chats, they eventually die, especially for us preps. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of felt like, 
especially that summer because um last summer because that was the first time I downloaded social media and I started using it for real. I compared it to all the my friends that had before and was like, wait, they have some way more followers than me. Like, what does that say about me? And I kind of um want your opinion on like how the fact of social media and like and the fact of having followers and like the concept of having real friends or not to impact the person. So I think for you guys, generation in particular, like you guys grew up, like you came into the world essentially with all of this, like, and it creates a, it creates a different type of anxiety and it creates a different type of a heightened attention to, like you said, I just started, you started social media last year. I don't have 500 followers like my friend that's been on social media for two, three years, you know, like it, it, it's a different, it's a different level of, um, attention you're paying to how you engage with people that I don't, I never really worried about. And even participating in social media now, I don't care about followers and stuff, but since that is something that a lot of you all just automatically engage with, it's a different level of attention. And sometimes it can play a part in how you engage with people because maybe I just want followers. Like people buy followers like that. What, what is that? about? Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird to me, but it, it's, it's all perception. Like I want to, per, I want to be perceived as this popular person. I want to be perceived as this person that, um, has this influence, like everybody's an influencer, but you, what, how are you influencing? What are you influencing? Like what, what is the, what is the substance with all of that? And then with friendships, like you don't really care about the people that follow you. You just want the number. Like it's not really, it's not really for the purposes of building relationship. It's just, so it looks like I know a thousand people, but you don't know Sally from Iceland. Like you, you don't exactly. know exactly, right? So yeah, that's that's what it is. That's that's my thoughts about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, um, just continuing off of that, what do you think is your philosophy in avoiding fake fake friends, in a sense, or just people who follow follow you just because they think you're popular or a person you're really not? Hmm, I don't think I've ever really thought about that. Um, yeah, I don't know if I've ever really thought about that because like, I guess I'm at a, I'm at a place where I I don't really care if it's like, I know, I know the relationships that I've built with the particular people. So like my, like my, my social media stuff is private. I don't really care to have followers or things like that or fake friendships. Like I think, I think, but coming up, or growing up or as you get older, you definitely, you have to be mindful about people's intentions, right? Um, And sometimes people, sometimes people can mask very well. Like if, yeah, I'm going to be a friend and we're going to hang out and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then as soon as what they they get, what they want from you, they kind of disappear. So it's and I think with social media, it's a lot easier for people to do that. Like ghosting is real. So I think that um, being mindful about 
how people engage with you and interact and just keeping a close eye on like, okay, is this person really here for me? When, when we speak, are they listening to me too? When I have things to talk about, or are they just asking me for things? Are they using me? Are they using my resources? I think being mindful about that stuff kind of can help. um, What's the word I'm looking for? Mitigate like, how many fake interactions you may have. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It may, it may not. Mm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think um just recapping my experience at Hotchkiss, I kind of mm-hmm. realized just talking to upperclassmen, just even talking to my own friends and people who I would say I'm close to or talk to a decent amount. I've realized that they say and admit that they don't feel like they're part of a friend group. And I think growing up for me, always had this philosophy like starting from around like sixth grade that oh when and I kind of realized a pattern that oh I have to have that one close friend or keep or like keep my group small and have like of a really good group of friends that I'm really close with and I really trust and I felt and I felt like at that point in time that and even partly still today that like my terms of a friend were like really close and limited and restricted. And there was like a difference between people I talked to and then people I consider a friend. And then now as I meet so many people at my school, I'm like, wait a minute, do I belong in a group or so? Mm -hmm. So I guess my question is, what's the importance of having a circle of friends or what is the meaning of having a circle of friends? That's a good question. Um, it's funny you describing like is a friend group important. I think I think about myself and as I've gotten older, like I noticed that like I I have a number of groups of friends and acquaintances. So like I have my core group that I have a couple of core groups that like I speak to on a regular. We talk about random stuff and then there are people that like throughout the years I formed relationships with these people so every now and then I may hit them up and they're there and then I have another group that I just randomly met and we meet up or we communicate and stuff like that so I think that I think that it's good to I think it's good to just keep in mind that like however you move through friends, whether it's in a small group or whether it's multiple people, that those particular people align with your interests and your feelings and your thoughts. There there may be like your close set that you communicate with every day that you tell your deepest, darkest secrets. And that's cool. You may have a few people like that's that's bigger than the two, three, four people that you feel comfortable engaging in that type of conversation with. But each friend plays, I think, I think each friend plays a different purpose in your life. And there's nothing wrong with that. There are some people that feel like you shouldn't have, you you shouldn't have all these friends and it should just be you and, and, and no new friends type thing. But in order to, I think in order to grow as a person continuously as you get older, there's no way that you can avoid new friendships. It's just a matter of how how you see those people kind of benefiting you and then how you benefit those people. Because like friend, friendships are 
always have to be reciprocal. So in order, I think in order for them to last and yeah. So it's all about navigating and how those relationships benefit you. Yeah, exactly. And with how you said, like you have some of those friend groups or friends in general who you talk to um, more time, more frequently than others. Um, can you kind of d- describe who um, is your closest friend and how you guys may have met and why you guys are friends for so long or why you guys have, meet, have been so close? So, so hmm, it is hard for me to pinpoint like this person is my best, 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 best friend. Um, so I, I guess I, I can talk about my friends from college. So I started college old person. So I started college in 2003. And, oh gosh, I was yeah, even right, bored. Right. So old person, that's, that's why I said old person alert. That's when I started college. So, um, and the people that from, from there, we lived on the same, we lived in the same dorm. We lived on the same floor. So I pretty much knew them since I started college and they just happened to be from New York, New York and New Jersey. So we all lived near each other. Um, we lived together. Um, we moved into apartments together. Like we, we just became very close from our lived experiences at college. And even now, like we stay connected. Some of us have kids. One of the, one of my friends is in LA, but we still have our group chat and we still talk and whatever. Then I have my other friends um, I met through work. Um, we worked together um, one of my first my first job out of college, out of graduate school. Um, and initially we weren't we weren't really like talking. We were co-workers. We would communicate every now and then. And I think when I left that job is when we actually started to like connect and we used to go out and I met her kids and she met my family and like I think the the relationship kind of just like naturally got closer. And then within that group, with through her, I met two other people and like we all kind of like gelled together. And we text almost every day and we go out often and it's that kind of just formed on its own. Like that wasn't nothing that like we planned. It kind of just grew naturally. And with those friends, I've been friends with them over 10 years, at least. And then from college, 2003, we are in 2021. So we are, we, we hitting close to 20 years, which is insane to me to say out loud. Again, I'm an old person. So, um, so yeah, like, it's been nice for all of us to kind of see each other grow, um, have our different life changes and things like that. Um, but yeah, um, though for for me, those were are the the groups that are like the closest to me, and they've met each other before. But all your friend groups don't all have to be friends, and um, though they've all kind of been in the same space and we've all hung out together. I'm the I'm the common denominator. So it's not like they all have to be best friends too. I met them in co- I met that group in college. I know that group through work and yeah, they all serve their purpose and we're all I'm close with all of them if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. 
And I think I found like such a really good similarity because it's kind of ironic how even though I just started high school, like my closest friend, he was on the same floor as me in my dorm. And then like right after quarantine ended, I was like, he's a good guy I should talk to. Went over to his door. He's like, yo, you want to go get lunch or something? And then we just went. And then we and then eventually it was like, if you see him, you see me. And then we just went going through so much stuff together. And it's kind of ironic how in those settings like college or high school and living in a dorm, like just living with people, you could get so easily attached and become close with them. They're like your they're like your formed family. Exactly. We're away. We're not home. Like we used to do. We used to have potlucks and I will cook this and this one will cook that. And we would all come together and have our dinner. Like we, when we lived in the apartment together, we made sure this one had the chore. Like we were, we were a little family, like it. And so that in itself, because you're away from home and you're away from your family and even your friend groups from home, that those relationships are so much different than any other friendship in my opinion, like college or like relationships from dorms and things like that, those friendships are so much more different than any relationship that you will have with a friend because we live together. We're a family. Like, and that's the, those are my, those are my sisters in a sense. Like those, that's my family. So I definitely, I definitely understand like the connection happens and it happens so quickly. So yeah. it's it's dope I I love the lived away from home experience for that yeah definitely and how you said like in a sense living with your friends kind of you build your own little family do you feel like um would you consider your friends a part of your family in general considering your mom your father your father your uncles your cousins and stuff like that 100% all of them like they and 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 the same is for them as well like the, those like they my daughter is going to call them auntie and uncle like that's family because again we we for college in particular we grew up together for my friends that i've made through work and known for over 10 years like we we are close and like one of the one of my friends is my daughter's godmom like like that that's if that's not family <laughs> then nothing else is right like exactly too. That, that that's it period the end yes absolutely my family yeah definitely and I think even think about how I grew up like there um even though I don't know my dad's side as much as I wish to because they're all back in Africa and I've never been to Africa before uh-huh. my mom cited a family and like she has her really close friend they currently um live down south and um in Oklahoma and mm-hmm. like I've been I've known them for so long and been so close with them and I, I even called I even called them auntie and uncle and then I called and then their kids are like my cousins in a sense and right. like even though you um to like to my mom they may just be friends like for me that's like another part of my family because it's become it becomes a point where that that side becomes so close that they know your other cousins and your uncles and stuff like that. It's like 
if you gave me an opportunity to invite them to Thanksgiving, they would definitely be invited and stuff like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And um, with all the friends we have, def- definitely some of them come and go. And how do you feel about, I guess, not necessarily letting go of a friendship, but what we kind of talked about already, like just um, having them come and go and be able to accept that. Because I think definitely for me, like I, f- I feel like elementary school is just the yet like yesterday. And I'm like, damn, I kind of wish I still talk to these people and stuff like that. Yeah, I I think as I've gotten older, um, I definitely under I can understand like why people kind of like fade in and out of your life. Um, when I was younger, it was something that did bother me because I'm like, dang, um, why can't this particular friendship continue? Like, what what is happening? Like, is it me? Like, am I am I crazy? But as I've gotten older, I, I, I realize like everybody in your life has like a season and a reason. Um, there's a reason for, for a particular person to be a part of your life for three months. There's a reason why a particular person can be a part of your life for six years. And then for whatever reason, that connection is lost. Like, like, I don't I, I don't get I don't get upset about that stuff anymore just because people people's interests change and people's vibes change and that doesn't mean that anything is anything wrong it's just life like like I said before my friends from high school um I haven't really spoken to them in a while but you're welcome but I know that um because this one is in New Jersey and has her family and stuff. This one lives in Williamsburg. Well, I don't know if she's in Williamsburg anymore, but she lives some like she lives somewhere and she has her life going on. I have my life going on. And for whatever reason, we were not able to connect. That doesn't mean that I don't like them or they don't like me, but life happens. And as you get older and you want to meet up with everybody, life you you can close your eyes and then three months have gone by and it's like how where did the time go so I think for me it doesn't bother me anymore because I understand like so much stuff happens in our lives I can't take any of that stuff personal it's it's nothing personal at all if the other person takes it personal that has nothing to do with me but I know for me I can't take stuff like that personal because people will always be in and out as long as you have your core, that's what matters the most. Exactly. And kind of um, to segment back on how you were talking about your different friends, I kind of want to give some random question. What is the weirdest story or the weirdest way of how you met one of your friends? If you could remember. Or like the most random situation. Uh, so to have my college friends tell it, I was... Um, I was waiting for a bus, so a little a little clarity. So when I went to college, I went to SUNY Buffalo. So before I started in SUNY Buffalo, I went to like a summer program. So I um, I had met some people through the summer program and kind of knew my way around campus for the most part. So when school started in 
late August, September, I went there and kind of already had an idea of something. So my, my floor mates said that they saw me outside. Um, I was waiting for the bus and the bus like took forever to come because SUNY Buffalo has two campuses. So we were going from South campus where we live to North campus. So we go on to be waiting for the bus to go to North campus. I go and according to um, oh, this bus got to stop here. I'm acting all crazy. So they looking at me like, who is this girl? That's the girl that live on our floor. Who is this girl? And so, and then they said that every now and then, because I knew people from the summer program, I would bring the people that I know, like to my room to, so, oh, I, this is where I'm at, you know, come through, whatever. And they'd be like, how does this girl know all these people? We, we just got here two days ago. So <laughs> I think one of them needed an iron or needed something like to iron their clothes. So one, so they came to me, asked me for the iron. I was like, sure, here, where's the iron? And then we started talking, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Brooklyn. Oh, I'm from Queens. Oh, this one's from Yonkers. And then we started connecting. And then they told me that they thought that I was, they thought, how, how was I so popular to know all these people? And then I started connecting them with some of the people that I knew from the summer program. So I don't know if that's a weird, strange story, but they definitely thought that I was like Miss Popularity, where that was clearly not the case. I just <laughs> happened to so I just happened to new people because I went to the summer program. But um, and they thought I was super aggressive. And then they when they met me, and it's like, oh no, she mad chill, she's cool. First impressions, I guess you always gotta be mindful about stuff like that. But yeah, I think that that is that is a story that I can remember. Yeah, me and my friends. Yeah, definitely. And just to wrap this episode off, I'm going to ask the question I always ask throughout my episodes. What is one question you had coming in that was answered? Or what's one question you didn't have answered? So you could basically just ask me away with anything. Hmm. Um, I guess you answered the question about just like your particular friendships at Hotchkiss. Hotchkiss, why can't I say the word today? <laughs> Um, your friendships and how, how like you're navigating the whole experience there. I was, that was something I was genuinely wondering about. So you answered my question. It seems like you're doing good there. Like making friends and figuring all this stuff out as you get through the experience. Yeah, definitely. And even though this year hasn't been the perfect year, I think definitely at least having most of the year being in person, it definitely helped a lot. And I'm very thankful for that. I could definitely imagine that being so helpful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There you have it. That concludes part two on friendship. Make sure to download this episode and subscribe to the podcast. This episode is available on all platforms, so share it with people you know. Check out the website, whywithaxel.com. This can be found in the show description. Donate to support the show and join the email listing for episode notifications. Until then, stay safe and keep questioning.